How appropriate is it that 15 years ago today was Bear Stearns' final day as an independent firm? Now, the failure of Bear Stearns, or the near failure, depending on how you would classify it, that represented a huge, huge milestone in what would become the global monetary crisis of 2007 and 2008. An unappreciated milestone because it was it was buried under a renewed sense of optimism that the Fed had, this was going to be Ben Bernanke's finest hour. They had solved the biggest, biggest part of the crisis to that point, and they had pointed the way toward a more optimistic future. The parallels don't end there. Given what has just transpired this weekend, we need to first do some comparisons today versus 2008 in terms of markets. We need to remember the lessons of Bear Stearns because number one, I don't think many people learned them at the time. And number two, they seem incredibly appropriate, especially today. Because after the major market meltdowns of Friday and Monday, now all of a sudden everything is fine again. Bank stocks are up. The stock market itself is way up. Interest rates have risen. Euro dollar futures that were in huge demand yesterday are suddenly being sold. What does all of this mean? Is this abnormal? Well, certain things are abnormal. Certain things are not abnormal. And we're going we're gonna to use the lessons of Bear Stearns to help us understand what happened, what just happened, and what probably, what's very likely to come next. And we start with the lesson of Bear Stearns on an emergency conference call of March 10th of 2008, because Bear Stearns didn't just come out of nowhere. There were several things going on beforehand, including the failure or near failure at that point of large hedge funds like Carlyle and hedge funds and other, other types of investment companies, which were having all sorts of enormous funding difficulties. And on March 10th conference call, open, system open market manager Bill Dudley, who's a recurring character, a villain really, in all of our 2008 reco re uh, recollections and stories, said, you know, to address these funding issues, the Federal Reserve has responded by increasing the size of the TAF program and by implementing a large-term single-tranche repo program. Boy, it sounds familiar. Together, these two programs likely accumulate to total outstandings of about $200 billion. In addition, as the chairman mentioned, the ECB and SNB today have requested to increase their foreign exchange swap draws and restart their term funding auctions. But there are limits to what these programs can do. The TAF provides liquidity only to depository institutions. This liquidity is not necessarily passed on readily to primary dealers and other financial institutions. In other words, the Fed has a number of tools in the toolkits, in its toolkit, but they don't always solve the problem. In fact, the problem is that there are times when what's supposed to happen doesn't happen. The Fed can open up its various windows, it can create TAF auctions, and maybe some banks will bid at the Fed's TAF auctions, but if those banks don't redistribute the liquidity, it's not liquidity. It's just academic. And in fact, even though Bill Dudley on this March 10th emergency conference call told the assembled FMC members, we've got all these tools, guess what they did? Just like the, this prior weekend, the Fed came up with another four-letter program, another tool in the toolkit when there's already so many tools in it to begin with it, to begin with something called the Term Securities Lending Facility. That was implemented on March 11th, 2008. Carlisle Bear Stearns failed March 14th. 
And March 17th was the announcement. And then optimism. We'll get into all of this. We'll get into the parallels. We'll go over the how the current, the last couple of days in the market, the real meltdowns in the markets all over the last couple of days, how they fit in these historical comparisons and what really broader historical comparisons can we make. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you for joining me. As always, if you're interested, we've got Eurodollar University memberships available uh, where we go into not just the history, but also the details, the background. We pull apart all of these monetary things, financial indications, what they all mean in a global context because this is a global money, virtual money that really doesn't have much of a place for the Federal Reserve. So on one hand, we understand their plight, even if we don't condone their behavior or dereliction of duty. And I also have research subscriptions available there where we, a daily briefing, where yesterday I put out a special edition market meltdown, going through all of the various meltdowns in these markets and curves and what they likely mean. All the information at eurodollar.university. Where we need to start in terms of comparisons isn't really necessarily with Bear Stearns, but with Silicon Valley Bank. I'm not saying Silicon Valley Bank or Signature Bank are Bear Stearns, is that the parallels are in more broader general terms, including the fact that the Federal Reserve, who prior to last week said, we've got all the tools we possibly could need. And then late Sunday night, or early Sunday night, it was 6.15, I think the press release came out, they said, oh, by the way, we need one more tool, which is a common theme through all these illiquidity episodes, as is what Mr. Dudley was saying on the emergency conference call on March 10th of 2008 that we can do all of these things, but it's not really up to us to generate liquidity. Liquidity comes from the banking system. And that's the same in respect to Silicon Valley Bank and Signature to a lesser degree. Silicon Valley Bank was bled dry by, by customers using their cash. But all that cash, which wasn't just Silicon Valley Bank, it, was, it has migrated from small banks, small regional banks all over the United States and moved up to the larger banks. And the larger banks, many of them have money dealer subsidiaries whose job it is is to redistribute cash throughout the system where it is needed. That's the whole point of having money dealers. They're the ones the Fed is counting on to, to take the cash that they have or to take the cash that they can make the Fed makes available and give it to those who are having trouble, those who are struggling, those like Bear Stearns or Silicon Valley Bank. And as I mentioned on a, a, a live broadcast or a live YouTube show that we did yesterday with George Gammon, that's the question here. Big banks have cash, so why are they not lending to Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank? Instead, what they're doing is they hedged in a way we have literally never seen before not just Eurodollar futures, but also U.S. Treasuries and other markets around the world. They went to DEFCON 1 rather than supply all the cash that they have available at their fingertips. So what that has done, though, is confused people because everybody says, well, J.P. Morgan's fine and all the big banks are fine. And that's true. They have plenty of liquidity. But that doesn't mean the system is fine overall and that there aren't massive implications for this lack of activity from the money dealers. That gets us back into the real lesson of Bear Stearns. We're going to go fast forward to March 18th of 2008. So a little bit over a week later, Bear Stearns, their last day was Friday, March 14th. We have major market movements there, which I'll get into in a minute. Monday, 
came the news where everybody was was let in on the fact that J.P. Morgan was buying Bear Stearns for two bucks a share. And it seemed like, at least in some of the Fed conversations throughout the, that, that meeting and the several months that followed, they thought that this was it. They had, they had engineered a safe recovery from what could have been an awful crisis by, by taking Bear Stearns and in cold fusion with J.P. Morgan, whether J.P. Morgan was actually willing or not is another story, but either way, it seemed to have represented the low point in the burgeoning 2008 crisis. And then the rest of 2008 would take off and be so much better. But, and this is one of the few things that Bill Dudley ever got right, although not long after he, he stated what he's going to, what I'm going to quote to you here, he completely misunderstood what he was even saying. But this is the lesson of Bear Stearns. The fact that to the extent that there is a sigma, they are not going to want to come, and that is going to reinforce the deleveraging process that is clearly underway, as is the fact that they just saw Bear Stearns go from a troubled but viable firm to a non-viable firm in three days. The lesson for, from that for a lot of firms is going to be, oh, I need more liquidity. I need to be less leveraged. And that lesson from what happened to Bear Stearns is not going to go away. He's, he's speaking about money dealers, but also the banking system at large. The banking system at large looked at Bear Stearns' failure very different from how the Fed was telling the public to look at it. The Fed said this is a success. Whereas everybody on Wall Street, every large bank, and every small bank around the world said, holy crap, this just got real. We really can experience failure here. Uh, for Bear Stearns management, they were completely wiped out. Their shareholders were wiped out. I mean, $2, $2 a share when um, on January 12th, 2007, Bear Stearns stock price had been a record high, $171.51. For in a little over a year, from one seventy one fifty one to two dollars that J.P. Morgan gave it, so J. From most bank managers' perspective, Bear Stearns was a stark warning and a wake up call. And Bill Dudley was absolutely right. I'm going to need more liquidity. I need to I need to build a much bigger liquidity cushion than I thought. Bear Stearns was, they were in the news, but then in three days they went from in the news because they're kind of interesting to holy crap they're out of business. Failure really is an option here for individual firms. Forget the systemic stuff. Individual firms can go out of business. So we look at Bear Stearns or Silicon Valley Bank and we say, we need a bigger liquidity cushion. We need to build up our, because the market isn't going to supply it. We don't have a dependable backstop. There's this, the stuff the Federal Reserve does, but... That doesn't seem to have any effect, does it? They keep coming up with new tools all the time, which even tells you this isn't going to work. So the lesson of Bear Stearns is don't trust the Fed, don't trust the markets, build up your liquidity, deleverage the hell out of your book as much as you possibly can, batten down the hatches, which is exactly what followed. That sounds a lot like what happened Friday and Monday, to a certain extent on Thursday, but really Friday and then really on Monday. Batten down the hatches, prepare for the worst. Look at Silicon Valley Bank, not as the lowest point in the potential crisis that we're facing, but perhaps another renewed lesson of Bear Stearns, a troubled but viable firm that became unviable in a shockingly short 
period of time. Build your liquidity, de-risk your book, de-leverage, all the things that are, first of all, disinflationary, but also exceptionally harmful to the global US, US and global economy. The types of things that would make you want to, want to hedge in any kind of instrument where it would pay off when interest rates go down. Starting to make some sense here over what happened the last couple of days. As is, when you put it in that context, it really does make sense, except for the scale. We really have to talk about the scale here because the moves yesterday were just something I've never seen, something nobody's ever seen. I went back and checked. So let's, let's start with some comparisons here. We're going to talk about euro dollar futures. I'm going to use the March 2009 contract uh, for the 2008 comparisons because relatively near-term money in the same such potential situation. The Mar March 2009 contract on Monday, or excuse me, on Friday, March 14th, the day Bear Stearns final day, everybody knew there was problems but didn't know what was going on. The March 2009 contract went up 24 and a half basis points. As I said yesterday's video, a 20 basis point move in a euro dollar futures contract in any given day is enormous. In fact, as you'll see here, they rarely happen. Only a handful of times over the in the entire 21st century. This was one of them. On March 17th, the Monday, this is another pattern you should note. Fridays and Mondays. Fridays and Mondays, huge bids in hedging. Tuesdays, those bids get unwound. No different here. Monday, March 17th, Eurodollar futures, March 2009, up 16 basis points. So up 40 basis points in two days. Huge Friday, Monday move. And then March 18th, the Federal Reserve meets. Uh, the day before, seven of the 12 branches lowered the discount rate. So people were feeling a little bit better on Tuesday, March 18th. The same contract was down big, 19 and a half basis points. Not unusual to see these massive swings in volatility. Let's go to the big one, Lehman Brothers, because all that stuff the Fed thought about the Bear Stearns being the lowest point was obviously wrong. The markets that were hedging, they took Bill Dudley, Bill Dudley, they took Bill Dudley's words to heart. The lesson of Bear Stearns, they absolutely did that. And so we got to September 2008. Guess what? We've got a Friday Lehman Brothers fails. Didn't make much, didn't make much, uh, not much going on in Eurodollar futures that Friday because nobody really knew what was happening. Monday, though, September 15th, the March 2009 Eurodollar contract up 45 and a half basis points. Absolutely incredible surge. But then Tuesday, September 16th, that same contract was down 19 and a half basis points because everything seemed a little bit better, at least according to Eurodollar futures, although we do have to consider how LIBOR was spiking at that time, too. But this pattern continued throughout the rest of September and into October. So fast forward a week or two weeks to September 26, which was a Friday. Um, more trouble was on the, everything going on uh, at, at the end of September 2008, realizing that Bear Stearns rep maybe represented a systemic issue. Eurodollar futures went up 25 basis points on the Friday. September 29th, which was a Monday, the House rejected the, heart, the TARP program, the government bailout. The same year dollar futures contract went up another 30 and a half basis points. So you've got 55 basis points over those two days, an enormous swing. But then Tuesday, September 30th, euro dollar futures prices plummeted. The March 2009 contract was down 33 and a half basis points, which it was down more than it had gained the day before. Let's go into early October. Again, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, 
October 3rd, as stocks were melting down, as the world seemed to be ending, the euro dollar futures, March 2009, the price went up 25 basis points, which is again, a huge, huge increase. Monday, October 6th, up 34 basis points. You've got an, a 59 basis point move in those two days. And then Tuesday, October 7th, down eight basis points, but then October 8th, down three more. And then a big one, October 9th, down 20. Massive volatility. It's not unusual to see huge bids as everybody's panicking. And then as markets do, they retrace. They go down big. But the lesson of Bear Stearns still applies over the intermediate, intermediate and longer term. As everybody is buying these hedges, they're also de-risking, which has a has a major impact over the longer run or the intermediate run rather than just these day-to-day fluctuations. So we look at Eurodollar futures and what we see is that 44 and a half basis points or 45 and a half basis points September 15th, that's the largest one you're gonna find up until yesterday. So March 10th, um, Really, the only really major large uh, swings in Eurodollar futures, you have to go back to 2001, just prior to the rate cuts, just, just before the, the dot-com recession. But man, March 10th, 2023, that was Friday. The September 2023 contract, which is I'm going to use as the representative for this, this time, 44 and a half, almost the same amount as Lehman Brothers. But then yesterday, 101 basis points by the end of the day. It was up more than that at one point. I think it was up 111, 112 basis points. So more than double the record for Lehman Brothers. And what is the contract doing today? Well, it's down 48 and a half basis points, a huge downturn. Friday, Monday, huge bids. Tuesday, big downturn, big retracement. So this is not unusual. The level and the scale of volatility, the massive bids and the degree of bidding on Friday and Monday, that is unprecedented. And it's not just uh, not just Eurodollar futures. Look at the US Treasury, the two-year note in particular, because the two-year note is especially rate sensitive. On September 15, 2008, the two-year note dropped 45 basis points in yield, huge downturn. Uh, September 17th, it dropped 25 more. September 29th, remember the day the, the house rejected TARP, another huge mo- Monday uh, flight to safety. 41 basis points drop in yield. These are single day moves. Um, the only thing equivalent to that in the 21st century, you got to go back to September 13th, 2001, when the markets reopened after the September 11th attacks. The two year note was down 54 basis points in yield. How about March 10th, 2023? Down 30. How about March 13th, 2023? Down 57 basis points. What these things tell you, and remember the lesson of Bear Stearns should be paramount, not just because it's March 14th, 2023, and that was 15 years ago, but because these things, all the lessons apply exactly to what we're seeing right now. There was not a lot of faith in the marketplace on Friday and Monday. Everybody went right to DEFCON 1, as if the world was ending in a way we haven't seen since Lehman Brothers in the middle of 2008. Ask yourself why. There was not a lot of faith in the Fed and its four-letter programs because why the hell would there be? We've seen this movie before. That's really the, the key here. We've seen this before. We know how this goes. We know that 
Firms all across the, the financial system right now are doing exactly what Bill Dudley said 15 years ago. That lesson for, that, for a lot of firms is going to be, oh, I need more liquidity. I need to be less leveraged. And that lesson for what happened to Bear Stearns is not going to go away. The damage gets done and it becomes cumulative. You look at Silicon Valley Bank, you look at Signature Bank, and it doesn't matter the individual circumstances. What does matter is, like 2008, you say, where the hell were the money dealers? Where's all this redistribution of cash? The Fed doesn't matter. The dealers aren't coming to our rescue. Deleverage, build higher liquidity cushion, hedge the hell out of every position you have. Exactly what we saw this weekend. And we even saw the Friday, Monday, Tuesday uh, pattern repeat too. So as the markets, the stock market in particular, seem to be much better today, as rates go up a little bit, as euro dollar futures get sold on this Tuesday, keep in mind the lesson of Bear Stearns. This thing isn't over. It's just beginning. I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. Thank you very much for joining me. As always, I can't thank enough the Eurodollar University subscribers as well as all the Eurodollar University members. And as always, everybody, especially after what happened this weekend, please do take care.